Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast. And up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. And welcome everybody and hello to Swinging from the Hips. We're up to episode 11 and this week we'll actually be looking at the first test between England and West Indies that starts on 8th of July. Before we dig into that, let's get our regulars on the show and welcome to Rohit and Taran. Welcome guys, how you doing? How's it lads? G'day, good to be here. That's good. Chilly out there. Chilly out there, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's got the heat pumps going around here, haven't we, now that we've got all heat pumps installed? So <laughs> absolutely. Yes. Like so so we can get into looking at that first test. Let's get into this week in history with Roy. Good evening. So just a few birthdays to cover off here. So with the English theme coming through, we got Kevin Peterson having a birthday, born in 1980. And Dale Stain, who was born in 83, June 27, both of them. Now, Dale became the joint fastest bowler with Sir Richard Hadley to score 400, uh, to get 400 test wickets. Mayor already. <laughs> June 28, 1970, Pakistan. Oh. 28, 1970, Mushtaq Ahmed and 85, Riaz had their birthdays. Hello? Yep, you're back. Yeah. So, moving on, we've got... I'm back, I'm back. Hello. So, uh, back in 69, June 30th, Sri Lankan legend, Sanaf Jayasuriya, first player, had his birthday, sorry, but he's the first player uh, to score 400 runs, to play 400 ODI, should I say, and he was uh, um, third spinner to reach 300 wickets in ODIs. Uh, he quit playing at the ripe old age of 38 years old, that's Test Cricket, and then stopped playing internationals at 42. Must have been some fit guy. Now, he's sitting in fourth place on the all-time runmakers table in ODIs with well over 13,000 runs. It's a great effort from the uh, Sri Lankan. Uh, Western Indian Kemar Roach, born June 30th also, 1988. Now, he made his debut in 2009 as part of a secondary West Indies team, as the main players went on strike then. So he sort of got a chance to make his name for himself in that uh, when he made his debut. Talking about debuts, 
We've got our very own Scotty Storris, who made his debut in 2002 against the West Indies. And now on his debut, he got the 107 on, uh, on his first dig, batting at number eight. And then he got uh, promoted up the order, I'm guessing, in the second dig, scoring 69, batting at number six. Yorkshire's favourite son, Darren Goff, former captain, made his test debut against New Zealand at Manchester July 94, and he took four for 47 in that drawn match. Um, he played 58 tests for England and took 229 wickets. And just something from... Uh, I came across this one here. England became the first team to score 500 runs in a single day's play, putting on 503 for two wickets, and still had time to declare and have a bowl versus South Africa. Now, this record lasted until 2002 when Sri Lanka overtook it scoring 509 in the day against Bangladesh at some crazy batting and scoring probably better friendly pitches if anything um, so that's it for this week in history and thank you for that Rohit it's like um, quite a bit going on there and it'll be awesome one day when they get fibre into Fidianga won't it how's that modem going under is it still going running under the desk yeah? <laughs> now look moving right along we'll, we've had the history we'll get into this week in the, with the news with taryn all righty um so we'll start with the african nations news out of south africa South Africa's 3TC competition is rescheduled for July 18th that you would have collected from a couple of weeks ago when we mentioned this three-way cricket game, which was proposed as a charity game to raise funds for players affected by COVID, was rescheduled due to the South African Sports Ministry not signing off on it. Well, now they've got a, finally got a date, and that will be playing on the 18th of July. Here in New Zealand, newcomer, here in New Zealand, former New Zealand batsman Peter Fulton has stepped down as the national team's batting coach in order to become the head coach of Canterbury Men's yeah, First Class Side. Fulton, who had replaced Craig McMillan, took up the New Zealand job after the 2019 World Cup. In his brief career post-retirement, Fulton has coached the New Zealand 19 sides also. And this rise to the top is now signed off by a full-time gig with the Canterbury Kings or Wizards or just Canterbury, one of the three. Um, moving on to ICC, ICC Chairman Shashak Manoha stepped down following two terms in the role. He will be replaced by Imran Kavaja, who's a former president of the Singapore Cricket Association. Kavaja was elected as ICC's Deputy Chairman in 2017 after Manoha became the Global Cricket Body's inaugural Independent Chairman. Imran Kavaja, along with the outgoing ECB Chairman Colin Grave, have been talked as the frontrunners to replace Manoha, although an outside bet, an outside also in the reckoning, could be BCCI President Sarah Gangoli, who became eligible after he participated in his first ICC board meeting earlier in the year. On to England. Phil Simmons faces calls for sacking after leaving the lockdown to attend funeral. The president of the Barbados Cricket Association has called for his immediate removal of Phil Simmons as a head coach of West Indies. Conde Riley, who's also on 
the board of directors for Cricket West Indies has described Simmons's decision to attend a family funeral inconsiderate and reckless and claimed that it has endangered lives for the rest of the touring party. Simmons, based in the UK, was granted compassionate leave and leave the training base to attend the funeral of his father-in-law. As a consequence, he's been in quarantine watching his team train from his balcony. Um, moving on to the Caribbean and some sad news. Sir Everton Weeks, the last member of the three W's, has died at the age of 95. Alongside Sir Clyde Walcott and Sir Frank Worrell, Weeks formed the formidable batting unit of the West Indies. All three were born within a couple of miles of each other. Rumour has it they were also delivered by the same midwife within 18 months in Barbados. Between August 1924 and January 1926, all three of them made their test debuts within three weeks, early 48. Born into extreme poverty, Mr. Weeks lived in a wooden shack where his father was obliged to spend most of his time working in Trinidad, sending money back to, the, to Barbados. Everton left school at 14 and was barred from playing for his local cricket club, Pickwick, as they only permitted white players at the time. He made his first-class debut as a 19-year-old and his test debut as a 22-year-old. His first test century didn't come until his fourth game, but that started an incredible run. We saw him register six centuries, including five in succession. He was only dis- He only ever was dismissed once fewer than 48 runs. He was also named Wisdom Cricketers, Wisdom's Cricketer of the Year in 1951 after helping defeat England in the previous summer's Test Series, a tour in which he made seven centuries, five of them double centuries and one triple. He averaged 102 in the series against India and was equally dominant against New Zealand in the 95-56 series where he made three centuries and averaged 83. His son, David Murray, I never knew this, also played for West Indies. He also coached Canada at the 1979 World Cup. So that's the news from me. Just bring everybody back in. And yeah, that's um, obviously very sad news with um, weeks passing away. And it's one of the, the greats of the game. And as, as you sort of alluded to, um, quite a force with the three W's when they were uh, in partnership together uh, there for the West Indies. Just um, also, uh, just in reply, response to um, Simon, I'll just um, bring up the comment there. And um, just in response to Simon's uh, question regarding details for the England West Indies series that's coming up, yes, that will be shown on Sky in New Zealand, from what I can tell, unless I'm looking at the sky in UK. So um, that is the only proviso I give you, Simon, but I've uh, just quickly looked it up. I think I might have found it. Paul's, Paul wasn't sure, but um, hopefully that's going to be on sky. So, uh, yes, so in, in sort of like... Oh, there's enough good websites out there. <laughs> this like, what are you advocating? Just, yeah, just trying to fly, trying to find the information. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look, I mean, obviously, um, with the this week in history, and then obviously with the sad passing of um, Everton Weeks, Sir Everton Weeks, um, it it sort of brings us nicely into our topic for the well, what we're going to be discussing today, and that is the Test series um, between England and the West Indies for the um, greatly named Wisden Trophy, 
which um, just a sort of background of it is basically named after the Wisden um, Almanac. Uh, so that's that's where the series name uh, comes from for the trophy. So just moving into that, and um, how, you guys, I mean, obviously, as I mentioned, there's been some minor little cricket leagues going on around the world, but you must be looking forward to seeing some top-tier um, cricket back in action. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Look, these cricket that is happening or, you know, you want to call it cricket, but it's not the cricket, it's not the cricket. Um, this come 8th of July, I think we'll probably start seeing what um, cricket's going to look like maybe for the next 12 months, and we're just going to have to get get used to it. It'll be quite exciting to see how it all plays out. I know they're having internal games at the moment. Um, team, uh, I think it's Team Butler against Team Stokes in the internal That's England right. game. Team Braithwaite and Team Holder bashing it out somewhere else as well. Um, open it. Some new names have made a made some scores as well, so it'll be interesting to see if any of them cut the mustard and make it into the 14. James Bracey, the opening batsman, scored 80 odd. Dan Lawrence, the middle order batter, he got 50 odd, I think. So, yeah, it'll be interesting when the name decides. Yep, that's right, and we'll we'll come we'll, we'll bring that up a little bit. Um later in the show in terms of we'll bring up the squads and just see some of those names that we recognize and some of the names we don't recognize because there are some new players and new faces coming through Rohit it's sort of like you're sort of like um hanging out for next Wednesday and and starting to see a bit of test cricket happen yeah um looking forward to seeing some action what's going on sorry We're getting real technical <laughs> issues down here. Put that yes. thing on wood, mate. <laughs> They're digging up the road so we can get fibre. <laughs> but um, definitely looking forward to watch, uh, seeing some cricket. You know, I've been I've been sitting there watching all the old footage that Sky's been showing us lately. So you know, to get some fresh fresh um, cricket will be great. Um, yeah. I just wanted to put something out there for you, though. Put something just, out there. Just uh, just the thought now. I mean, the favourites for the Test Series is probably going to be the home side, right? And there was talk previously around the toss. Oh, yeah. So why not try and use this as an um, visiting team choose what they want to do? Yeah, no, it's... it's, it's, I mean, like, there's talk about it. So possibly, um, especially with the unusual circumstances that will be around this game, um, possibly an opportunity to try it. You, you don't look convinced, Taryn. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. It's what, then well he doesn't look good. convinced? It's all well and good. Um, it's not cricket. At a level where you want to try and um, develop, you know, take away certain advantages or want to develop full, uh, complete cricketers, etc. But at the high end, this is, this is it. This is the top end. You know, there's no faffing around with that. Like, there's home advantage. That's all part and parcel of the game. You know, you go to Australia, you do it tough. You go to England, you do it with swing. You go to the Caribbean, you do it with pace. That's just part of the game. You don't want to tinker with that. Not, not for me. It's not for me anyway. So basically, you, you're a no in, in, in total for the um, away, away team deciding on what they're going to do without a toss, doing away not with a toss. Not at the first match level. I think not. I'm, it makes sense at the first class level. I get it. 
yep. where it stops coaches from uh, preloading their competitions and squads just to get wins under their belt. Because and, and, in essence, they are trying to develop more national team players, so it doesn't bode well for the overall <clears throat> health of the game. I get that, but yep. not at an international level. Do you think for ODIs? No, absolutely not. It's okay. So not at the international level at all. Variables, right? They've got there's so many variables that are outside your control, and that is the beauty of the game. You know, even the LD shell, there's a there's a human element to it, and you know the weather. Like if you take away the toss in India in a day night game. Nine out of ten times in certain venues, teams will guarantee bowl first because they don't want to field in the dew. Yep. So it just loads it in certain favors. But if you put a task to it, it's a 50 50. It is a 50 50. <laughs> no, that's fine. <laughs> that well, that is true. Just... That is true. Moving back into the England West Indies, look, going to go back with a bit of history here, just so, the, as I said, they play for the Wisden Trophy. So, so far, there has been 117 test matches played under the auspices of the Wisden Trophy matches, and West Indies have won 47 of those. England have picked up 34. There have been 36 draws. Brian Lara, surprise, surprise, has been the top, uh, they've scored the most runs, in Wisden Trophy, he scored 2,983, just missing out by, what, is that 17 runs on getting to 3,000? And my, one of my favourite players of all time, Kirtley Ambrose, um, top wicket-taker with 164. So that, that's uh, any surprises there, do you think, with the West Indies dominating? Um, I'll start. Considering how poor they've been in the last 25 years, Mm. we can sit there and go, oh my God, they've been on the decline. But it shows how incredibly strong they were the years gone by. That they've, even after 25 years of pretty poor performance, they still hold the edge easily, like by a long shot. And I'll finish that by saying, although West Indies have been poor in the last 25 years, they've drawn against them. They've put out their best performances almost on a, regular basis against England. England have not had it easy in the West Indies. Yeah, and, and that'll come... England there and won, but England hasn't gone there and <laughs> rocked up and just picked up wins. We'll come to that in a second with the last series that they played. Um, and it's, it's like, I, I absolutely agree with you, Taryn. It's just like, when I saw those, when I was typing it all up today, bashing it up on the old keyboard today, and um, I was really surprised. Um, <clears> as I said, I, West Indies have sort of struggled over the last sort of recent times. So to see that they're still ahead by a considerable number there, 47 to 34. Um, yeah, I was quite surprised to see that West Indies were still the more successful country with it, or team, I should say, within the Wisden Trophy. Like So moving along, so moving nicely into our last test series that they actually played, um, which was in the West Indies, in the Caribbean, in 2019. So only last year. And... I don't know if you guys have had a chance to see the actual um, figures, but I'll read them out here. Basically, quickly, the first and second test were won in a romp by the West Indies. So in the first test, West Indies scored 289 and then bowled England out in the first innings for 77. And then West Indies in the second turn at bat, 
scored 415. And the 415 was quite interesting because it was actually, the runs were scored by the all-rounders for one of them. They have to be all-rounders. Um, Holder, Jason Holder, scoring a double century on that occasion. And then once they'd had their, they, they declared it. Was it where was it played? That was played in Barbados, the first test. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. And um, they so so Jason hold a double century. They declared it six down, and uh, obviously with feeling enough runs on the board, and they weren't wrong. They sent uh, England came back in the second innings. They fared a bit better than their seventy-seven, two hundred and forty-six. They've got and uh, Holder with his man of his match for two hundred and two. Dowrich picking up a uh, hundred and. Roston Chase in the second innings picked up eight Aper. wickets. Oh, eight for I remember Aper. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that it was a it was a um quite a, a sensational first test start for the West Indies. They backed that up in the second in, in the second test, which was played in Antigua. Um, England again getting rolled quite cheaply for 187. They batted first this time. West Indies they got 306. And then basically England just capitulated and uh, not quite as bad as the 77 in that first test, but 132. Big win for the West Indies for, by 10 wickets. And the interesting thing, and we'll talk about this later on with key players, is that there was no standout performances in that second test. There was basically everybody chipping in, whether it was with runs or wickets. So when you go mm -hmm. back and you have a look in the second wicket, I think... Oh, uh, Jesus, my mind's gone blank. I think it might have been Roston Chase again picked up a... Oh, not Roston Chase, sorry. No, my mind's gone blank. But one of the bad... They got a century in the second innings, but other than that, or that first innings, but other than that, the runs were pretty much shared around. Yeah. So, yeah. It's it's, it's quite interesting, isn't it? One, test one, test two, and the West Indies dominating. Team effort. Yeah. yeah I remember that Barbados one. Um, I almost, to me... I remember watching, well, I remember waking up, seeing the scores and going, oh, you know how like, the timing of games in West Indies actually works? If you get up early enough in New Zealand, it does. you it catch does. the last yep. couple of hours off a lot of cricket. Yep, that's right. Um, <clears throat> I remember getting up and going, oh, wow, there's something happened here. And then you quickly jump on there and then you start watching. I remember thinking back, thinking at the time going, that was a bit of a change in selection policy. Mm -hmm. Um I'd love for you to pull up the team sheet. Actually, pull up the team sheet, then I'll continue with my story. From okay, that you keep forward. talking and let me do that, <laughs> if I can. Because they, I think they went with no spinner, and Roston Chase was the only spinner, where he's basically a number four bat. So he's not really in the side as a spinner, but he is in the side as a spinner. I just, it's going to... Uh, it was the beginning of the year. No, it's taking me just to just um. Oh, where's it gone? There it is, and just about there. Let's go bring up the scorecard and yeah, time. share it to the screen. I'll just grow that a bit. So basically, there's the there's the batting card from the the first innings. Yeah. So what, which part did you want me to bring up? No, no, that's Anything? fine. Is that all yep. eleven players there? They batted. One, that's that's two, all eleven. Three, yeah. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Right. If you almost look back a year prior, or maybe yeah, maybe a year prior, you if you look back to another scorecard, you yep. would see a lot of their bowling or a lot of their teams were based around um, Trinidadian and 
on Guyanese players. Yep. Like you had your Sarwan, not Sarwan, Slayton Arise, um, Adrian Barrett, Chandapals, um, you know, you get the gist, right? The yep, Indo-Caribbean yep. players are played a different way. And they, because the um, years prior to that, they had a lot of spin domination. They were playing on dead wickets. They were playing with spinners. They had Rarasami Pamor from Guyana bowling, Narayan from the other end, and they were playing quite a subcontinental brand of cricket. And it's, I'm even going to say that it was Phil Simmons coaching this team at the time, and they made a conscious effort to go back to the West Indies of the old, and I believe they asked for a quick pitch, and they went with the big, bad quicks and tried to just decimate sides like they used to back in the day. As opposed yep. to the modern way, they really made a conscious effort to play the old West Indian way, and it worked for them. A bad of bowling, a bit of finger spin, and then they just tried to bomb people out. Yeah, you look at the, name, the names are missing. If you go back a few years, you would have seen a lot of spinners from all and um, Shane Schillingford and Narayan and all those boys. There's no none of them in this list. Yeah, and I mean, and conversely speaking, theory. when Conversely speaking, if you look at that, um, this is the 77 that England scored in that first innings in the first test. This is like they've got their they've got their guns there. They've got Besto, they've got Root, Stokes, oh, Butler, yeah. and I mean Mate, it's not like out. they've sent a second rate team or anything out there. No, no, they just got blown out. Absolutely, <laughs> that's right. So, so basically, so then they they sort of the, so as I said West Indies basically wrapped up the series pretty easily. And then the third test came along, and England got a bit of revenge in that. And I'll just chop that back here. And uh, England, first innings, they got 277. West Indies replied with 154. England, back in with the second innings with 361 for five, obviously with a, quite a handy sort of uh, second, hand, second innings lead. And then they were able to bowl the West Indies out for 252. And obviously England got some consolation. Um, after losing those first two rather heavily, but you can't help but feeling that the West Indies probably partied pretty hard after that second test win and wrapping up the series. <laughs> yeah, I think... Yeah. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> Why wouldn't you? I mean, like, that, that was so convincing. I mean, they were emphatic. The first and second test were emphatic, and you would sort of say that the third test was quite an anomaly. You'd even go back to the 15s, right? 2015 series. Well, it was a drawn now series. He's so me. England went there. No, they went there because I, yeah. I remember that because Ramden got a hundred, and I right. used to like watching him play at the time. And um, I'm just looking at the scores here. The first and uh, the first test was a draw, and North Sound, which is Antigua. Yep. Then they went to St George's. Where's St George? Where where's St George? That might be Dominica. Oh, pass! I'm there. not sure. I'll be, yeah. And then the third oh. test, they went back to Bridgetown yeah, and was the yep. one again. Yep. No. We go to Bridgetown. <clears throat> I'll bring that up. Give me a second. Right. They had Cook, they had Trot, they had Balance, Bell. Bell well, Balance, not necessarily a big name, but they had Root, Moanali, Stoke, um, Butler, Jordan. And this time around, they had Jerome Taylor, Gabriel, Holder, Samuels, Pramal. And they won that test. Yep. So it's, it's it's just like basically so you, 
in terms of the um they've still got quite a fast a fast battery there in it and this is like they go barbados and they've got the fast pitch yeah must be yeah so and they've obviously gone as you said go back to the formula go back to the formula all the pitches we want fast and we're gonna we're gonna bounce them mm. we're gonna bowl fast yeah exactly so they used to so what they i think they tend to do is um when the um asian teams come they take them to trinidad and guyana just for numbers for the viewership yep because obviously there's a big expat community there well not expat boy in the caribbean community there so and then the west indians that they take them for the big touring parties that take them to the uh, more touristy islands just to kind of service the region. Yep. You got to you got to you got to um, sort of extract the dollar from the tourist as well, don't you? <laughs> 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 that Barmy <laughs> army coming around, you know, you got to make some coin while they're there. Yeah. But yeah. So that, that was basically, so that's a bit of a recap on what happened last time. So West Indies do hold the Wisdom Trophy. They'll be going in there uh, to this 2020 series in the UK as the holders of the Wisdom Trophy. Coming into the squads, um, England are yet to finalise their squad. And uh, I'm just going to bring that up in terms of the, as, as uh, Taryn alluded to in the news, there's the two squads that are basically playing an inter inter squad game at the moment, and um, I, I suppose when you when you look at the key names in there, Taron Rohit, the you know m- pretty much who the uh, eleven or thirteen are going to be, uh, don't you? Yeah. Exactly. Oh yeah. Oh, you can yeah you can. I think oh, I'm not sure if the I think there's a few spots up for grabs. You've got Leach and. Dom Bess might be for the spinner spot. Right. I don't know. I think Dom Bess played recently. You don't think you don't you don't think Moanali um, with the batting option as well with his bowling and batting? Oh, wasn't he dropped recently? He was dropped recently. Yes, yes, he was. And um, so he's looking to make amends, and obviously he's going to be battling hard in this uh, training match and uh, looking at it as a second opportunity to try and get back in. Hmm. So there's no root, right? We all know there's no root. Root will so be missing from the first test. He so he, obviously his wife's pregnant and they're expecting their first, uh, second child this week. So um, root will be missing for this first test. And Ben Stokes, um, the good Kiwi cricketer, will be taking over the captaincy. <laughs> we need to let that go, eh? <laughs> let it go. What? We're Kiwis. We don't <laughs> let things go. <laughs> What's your thoughts around that? That's right. If we don't let things go. <laughs> <laughs> What's your thoughts around um, Stokes being the skip? Uh, um, who else would you go for? Who do you reckon? So the other option off? was uh, the other option was Butler, basically. So I think it was between Butler and Stokes. Mm, That's my is, um, is um, what's his name? What's the other keeper's name there? Ginger. Um, oh. oh. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Mike Blank. Uh, Besto. Is he in the mix? Besto. Besto. I'm just looking through. He's in, he's, in the, he's in the Stokes squad. He's in the Stokes squad. So, But I think they're yeah. looking at Butler ahead of Besto. Yeah. So, you know, like, so it's not a sure thing. Yeah. Like, you can easily, Besto could easily make the cut. So, you can't really say Butler. 
I mean, oh, yeah. I see what, what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, 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 you got you to gotta cement your spot in the team first before you can put the captain in. Uh, Josh what about a board? 31. Right? He's, yep. he's played 41 test matches. He's averaging 31. That's not... I wouldn't say that's flash. I've never played test cricket, but you don't have to be a test cricketer to tell you that's yep. not flash. <laughs> Whose figures were they? Sorry again, Taryn? Butler. Butler. Right. Yeah, Just, there you go. Johnny yep. BSO. Would you, what about throwing a name out there, Stuart Broad? He, I think it's the same category, though, um, especially with the fact that they're talking about rotation within their quicks. Um, right. So you've got rotation within the quicks and the fact that um, there's actually a lot of competition for the four spots, if they take four quicks in. They've got a lot of competition in the four quick spots, spots for the yeah. quicks. You know, okay, now it's like picking one out of – it's like the lesser of the two evils, really, because yeah, one bloke's played 40-odd tests and he's averaging 31. Right. Yes, though, he's played 70 test matches averaging 34. It's, a, they're, they're, it's yeah. funny when you it's like that's going back to New, <laughs> New Zealand averages of sort of the 80s. <laughs> it is. It is. And now we're good averages. They're good for us. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, yep. if you think those two are goodish test players, I'm just going to say there's a bloke in New Zealand, 70 test matches averaging 38.5 called BJ Watling. That oh, no, is yeah. Dumb. Yeah, and and the number of times to be and the other thing with BJ Watling's performances, number of times he's coming deep in the innings. Well, when I say deep in the innings, he's coming when we've had a little bit of a um, you know, a, a scare in terms of the wickets falling early, and he's knuckled down and he just plays that play out plays out ball after ball. Um, so yeah, no, absolutely, you'd you'd take a BJ Watling over those two, wouldn't you? Mm, the absolutely. poor guy is probably a third of what these two earn, or probably even a quarter. Yeah. Yeah, it's got to be the really underrated player, unfortunately. But the, I think the Josh Butler to um, bat for your life. I think BJ Watling probably the man. Yep. he's the man. Life. Absolutely, and with the current crop. Yeah, I'm sort of thinking though with Bot Butler, what he needs to do is he needs to realise he's playing Test cricket, and because um, he is really quite a T20 specialist, doesn't he? He's he's um, he's sort of quite the uh, extravagant player in terms of that T20. Oh, Taryn, we just you got your mute. Oh, yeah, there we go. Yeah. Now, um, so, I, well, look, some very good T20 players play Test cricket, right? I don't think that's an issue, but he's had some genuine brain fades the way. Yeah, so, but yeah, absolutely. Missiles. I don't think. Yeah, it's almost as if it'll be a sin to call, um, blame Butler's um, failures on T20. I think he's just got done a few times. Sometimes he looks like mm. he doesn't want to be there, like the way he just looks. But it's 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 tempering your game for the right format, isn't it? That's what it's all about. For the moment. And it's just like, you know, you're well, looking at the moment. Yeah. And, I mean, test match, the reason why we love test match cricket is because there's so many, you know, you, you could... It changes. It changes. That you know, you, you, when you're coming in, when you're turning, to, when it's your turn to bat, it could be you don't know what the circumstances that you're going to be go walking out to the middle, and what circumstances might be, and you have to change your game plan based on how your team's performing, 
if you've got runs on the board, you can have a go. If you've lost early wickets, you need to temper your game and make sure that you knuckle down and, and, and basically see out a little bit of time before you actually have a go. There's that a, be yeah, fair to say? Funny. Look, oh, yeah, That's... absolutely. There's a, uh, there's a wonderful, wonderful article totally. on um, Crick Info maybe a couple of years ago. It was about Rahul Dravid's value add within the Indian um, A system, A program. So some of the players came out and spoke about what Rahul Dravid brings to the system or to them. And in that article, he talks about creating a complete cricketer and playing to the situation. And the article is based around that. And um, he says, if you're a test player, if you want to be a first-class player or a test player, you have to have the ability, the technical nows and the mental strength to bat. I'm going to bat as number five, um, two overs before lunch when you're 70 for three. You should be ready to go in five overs into the game when you're three for 10. Or go in the next morning at 280 for three and have the ability to play at that tempo in every given situation. And that's what you're talking about, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, it's 100%. same thing. That's it. Oh, man, that's it. it. I, I'm waiting for my um, coaching contract uh, to come through any day now. <laughs> then you get those players that come along and go, that's the way I play. And they don't, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about here. Oh, so, Brendan McCullum. Brendan McCullum yeah, was pretty much, uh, doesn't matter really, what the situation of the game, the exactly. way he played was the way he played, wasn't it? Yeah, and it, it does fire you up because you know we're talking about changing your tempo of the ga- uh, of the way you play to the game, and what's going on at that time. Um, but the way I play is this way, and I'm, they're not changing it. That doesn't suit the team, doesn't it? When you we need to play a two. Yep. To he did change his game. game. He did change his game, didn't he? When he got that triple hundred against India, he changed his game. So he had the ability to change his game. Oh, he's got yeah, he's a couple of other ability. people as well. Yeah. 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 He definitely has the ability to change the game. But more often than not, you'd have to say he basically went on and, and he played his um, aggressive game most of the time. Yeah. I mean, I think he another... genuinely believed he needed that to get himself going. going yes. He genuinely yes. believed the team needed him to do that. He probably identified that he was the best at doing it. Yeah. Without I'd getting agree. himself up. As opposed to a few others. Mm. Oh, well, I suppose we better go and have a chat about our, the West Indian team. And here we are. There it is up on screen now. And um, obviously, Jason Holder is the captain. But as I alluded to when we talked about that two, 2019 series, when you look down that list, Jason Holder is actually um, of, um, within the top 20 bowlers. They've actually got three of their West Indian quicks are in the top 20. But um, in the world, the really or the series. What's that, sorry? Top 20 in the world, I hope. Yes, top 20 in the Test Cricket rankings. Oh, okay, okay. I yep, yep, yep. Top 20 dollars. Um, yeah, so, sorry, rankings. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, better, I better be more specific. You know, top 20 ICC Test player uh, bowler rankings at the moment. Um, but you'd have to say it's it's a um, it's a it's a team. There's this, the, you don't really look at it like the England time and you see a Stokes and a Root, although Root's not playing in the first Test. These are basically a pl- bunch of players that play cohesively as a team and work for each other. Um, yeah, you're right. Uh, I think there's some very good players there. Like, 
proper players that don't get um, the kudos because they don't appear on our TV screens you know, on IPLs when they're playing IPL and all that. Yep. You know, so that's probably why. Like, Roston Chase is a very good player. Yes, yes. He averages more. He, he averages the same as Josh Butler, but a lot of people recognize Butler, but nobody would know much about Roston Chase. Roston right? Chase, absolutely. Yep, 100%. No, and um, and in terms of being, I think if we looked at one key player within their squad, that would have to be their captain and Jason Holder, wouldn't it? Yeah, he's the one that pulls everybody together. He's carrying a niggle. He's coming off an ankle injury. He hasn't bowled in any of their warm-up games, (laughs) Um, and he's picked up a pair and looked very uncomfortable reading the reports when he was batting. So his form is a bit of a worry and. Roach, you put Roach aside. Gabriel probably doesn't swing the ball. Um, Raymond Reefer is a bit of an unknown commodity. I don't think any of England players will be breaking, losing any sleep over it. Yep. Alzari Joseph, you're going to say, well, he's probably gassy, but you don't need to be gassy in England. You need to be accurate and consistent. Swing it, use the duke ball. Yeah, so he probably doesn't fit that mould. Roach, we know, can swing it. So a lot comes down to Holder being able to give them that control with the ball. Yep. And that's probably something they're going to be worried about. Like I know there's talk of um, Joseph walking into the side. I think they might look at Raymond Reefer. I think Raymond Reefer is a left-arm femur. And he may have even toured New Zealand, actually. Okay. I've missed that one, definitely. Mm. What are your thoughts on uh, Chima Holder? Uh, obviously, been selected. He's He's been away, out of the team for a while. He had one test me a few years back. And then um, off the back of uh, a great domestic season, being the top wicket taker, he's made it back into the squad. Do you think he's a chance for the first test? Chima, Chima Holder? Yeah. Nah. Nah, I think he's a backup. I think, I think you'll see... Um, all like all things being equal, you see their full side. I reckon would be Roach, Gabriel, Joseph, and Joseph and uh, Jason Holder at the four quicks. However, I think Somerset they, they're not playing on traditional test pitches anymore, right? They're they're playing at biosecure venues. Yes. And so, how much do we know about Southampton as a test venue? Probably not, not a much. Lot. Like not a lot. you could easily <laughs> say, "Hey," and this is not May either. May you're expecting it to swing, do all sorts. This is July in England. Yes, and it, and and, and uh, absolutely as as reported in the news in the last few days, the temperatures actually gone up considerably, and um, the Englishmen are going out to the beach. That's that one week in the year where they head out to the beach. Yeah. <laughs> hey, um, throw a name out there, the youngster. Throw a name out there. Shane Thomas, if Holder's not able to bowl. Oh, yes. Again, he's another guy. Well, that upsets your batting um, lineup, though. If he can't bowl, you're probably going to be quite, quite a long tail. That's, right. a, that's the problem you're going to carry. Yep. Which, um, well... I think a lot's going to fall on the spinner. Yep. Which is? Um, 
think. Who, who are you picking as an option? Who are we going to be? Hope. Chai Hope. Um, I think it's Nakumra Bonner looking at that squad. Is, is Rakeem serious? Yes, Rakeem is uh, one. Is it Cornwall? Oh, so he could give them that yep. depth by if Rakeem plays because he can back. Mm. He can buff it too. So mm. Jermaine Rombold, Nakumra Bonner is a leg spinner. Craig Braithwaite gives you a bit of offspring. I don't think Brooks is a bad bowler. Campbell's a opening bat. Chase gives you the ball. So they could go with four quicks, hold at seven, and let Chase do all the bowling. Or go with three quicks, Rakeem Cornwall at eight, um, Jason Holder at seven, and Darich at six with five batters. To give themselves that depth. So that's that's the squad. So we'll we'll obviously have to see what comes out of these inter squad matches between the obviously uh, West Indies. They've, they've she had two, um, I think one wrapped up yesterday with England's um, inter squad match still carrying on at the moment. So it'll be interesting actually out of the inter squad matches. They'll pick. I'm guessing they will both um, cut it down to uh, sort of a thirteen. To pick from for the match day team, that would yeah. be a fair assumption. Yeah, I think, yeah. Although the traveling party always has the option to pick out of the 15 or 16 that's going with them. Yeah. But England will name uh, the 14 man squad. I think they like naming a 14 man squad. Well, they kind of have to stay together regardless, right? They're not allowed the, to go back. The, home the, home. The, the extended squads all live, stay together anyway because yeah. one of the, um, the stipulations, or not stipulations, sorry, but one of the agreements for the series is that should somebody come down with any symptoms that could be COVID, then a substituted a player can be substituted out um, basically with anybody from within the squad. So it's just like yeah. the it's an extension of the uh, concussion laws around substituting players. So... Um, the thing about one of the West Indian guys, um, bit of a connection here, his Raymond Reefer, his cousin is Floyd Reefer, who was a former captain of Barbados, captained West Indies when they had a player strike. He came out of nowhere, became the captain. In fact, he was the head coach at the recently concluded Cricket World Cup. And now oh, he's wow. the batting coach. Yeah, and now okay. he's the batting coach for the team. That's his uncle. And I actually lived with him in 2001 as a 17-year-old. He was a was pro that? and I was an amateur in Scotland. This guy, all right. <laughs> yeah. In <laughs> Scotland, you went you know, just digress there. Right? So you went and um, had spent, spent a year or two in uh, Scotland, did you? I played two seasons there. Yep. And my first season, it was straight out of school. I was 17 got the opportunity to go i took it and i got to stay with this wonderful west indian cricketer who showed me how to live life on and off the field so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that off field sounds rather interesting we might have to go into that in another day but you would have had a, a, a was a suitcase packed uh, packed with thermals Oh, no, not really. We didn't have much. Um I got to I remember getting to the airport my dad's like, "Oh, you got any money?" I thought, nah, they said they're going to give me a job and I get paid a little bit to play. He's like, ah, you're going to need some money. He looked in his wallet. He had 60 bucks. And <laughs> he's like, here you go. I didn't have a job or anything. So I had 60, yeah. but I took the 60, 
guess I better convert it. I got 19 pounds out of it. <laughs> and so I went. And away you went. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. No, awesome. Awesome. Uh, yeah, Reefer, top man. Top man. I'm so happy to see that he's got to where he is. So awesome. No, fantastic. And it's great to hear those stories as well. Well, so moving on to the um, environment itself. So I suppose, what are we expecting from this pitch? As, as that Taryn's just alluded to, it's not April. We're now going into middle of uh, summer for them. So the conditions aren't going to be your traditional sort of... Well, they might be, they might not be, I don't know. Are they going to be your traditional swinging ball, lots of seam movement, green tops? What are we expecting? What do you... Uh... I think the Rose Bowl is a very small white ball orientated ground. So it's a circular ground. Yep. And I think it's quite a small ground. Right. So I yeah, I, I don't know how the test matches are gonna go there, eh? Um I mean it could be some good run rates. Sorry, that say that again, I was just talking over you. I'm tempted to say it might even turn there. Okay. Which would make or it interesting the, with the selections. I'm getting I'm getting Southampton and Taunton mixed up. So one of them turns and one of them is just an absolute hell for leather humdinger of a wicket. So right. unless they produce an absolute green one for test cricket. Yep. But then the public have been starved of cricket. Do you really want competitive cricket or do you want something to last five days from a marketing and money-making perspective? Mm, I like to, I mean, this personal view, I actually like to see ball beating the bat in a test match. Yeah. Nipping around. Nipping around. Testing, I mean, it's a test match. You're testing the batsman. And um, yeah, that's what, that's what you'd like to, Yeah. So I've, I looked it up. It's been um, so hot over there. You have to think it's a try. When I look up Southampton, there, I can't find any test matches on the yep. pitch. Right. I only find ODIs and T20 internationals. So it makes yep. me think so, it's just a beautiful one-day wicket. Yep. Which means that could be quite a good run rate going on there with sort of 300 in a day even. Well, the highest one-day score... There's been 26 games played. The highest one-day score was 373. Yep. The highest T20 international score, five games played, is 248. Average bad first score is 172. And highest T20 domestic score is 200. Wow. Okay, yeah, it's a, it's a high-scoring yeah. ground. <laughs> so really that, that makes it quite an interesting um, in terms of it's it's not going to be a true test we you know, as you said it's, it's going to be a very different test match from what we're expecting in terms of a traditional test match again depending on how the curators um set the pitch up or tended to the pitch yeah well, that's exactly it, right? The ground, the ground is yep. controlled, and they're so experienced, and they have so much technology and um, resource at hand that they can manipulate it as they see fit. Yeah, I wonder if they also have to stay in the bubble, and they can't leave the place. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Everybody associated with the match is staying um, in the biosecure environment. So all the because obviously we've got the match officials, 
but then you'll have um, the, the there's obviously people that event manager type for for want of a term that they're all having to stay within the um, biosecure environment. I'm assuming, yeah. and I don't know this for a fact, but I'm assuming that all the camera staff, like so the broadcast staff, will have to stay in the biosecure environment yeah. as well. So, so everybody it. associated with it. Right, here we go. Taunton's a small ground because uh, uh, Southampton is one of the biggest grounds in England. The fitness of a player will play an important role in the upcoming match. So it's a big ground, but obviously yeah, it's a outfield. Yep, yeah, definitely. So does that suddenly mean Rakim Cornwall now comes back into the equation? England might even play two spinners. Two spinners. With Mohan Ali playing as a bat, allowing for Leach. Well, Leach or Don Bess. I think Leach in this case because he's a left-arm spinner and Ali will give him the off-spin option. West right. Indies has more right-handers than left. So Leach becomes more of a threat uh, over Don Best. And they'll be cheered on by cardboard cutouts in the stand. <laughs> <laughs> All those MPs that, keep, that like to travel everywhere in England. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, those ones that just happen to They're turn like, up. Are we going to get the so, okay, so England's going to be looking out for revenge, aren't they, after their poor performance in the Caribbean only last year. What are we picking? We're picking home conditions, England at home, even though it's rather going to be a weird atmosphere, weird environment, we'd still be picking England to be going in as favourites into this, I'm assuming. Um, do we picking favourites or people I'd like to see win? <laughs> I think we would like to see West Indies win. Sorry, Paul, in the background. <laughs> but um... Um, did, you, did you see there's an article Stuart Broad had to see a psychologist to get his head around playing without crowds? That is seriously yes, first I did world see problem. That. that is proper first world problems. Proper first world problems, absolutely. Right, <laughs> my God. He's going to... That's like... Honestly, sitting around some stuff. Man. So what's that, Roy? Yeah, I reckon. It's going to oh, have cardboard cutouts in the stands, so there's your crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then put some crowd noise over the PA system just for uh, Stuart Broad. Absolutely, absolutely. And that'll, that'll keep them hey, happy. I'll be interested to see it. about this. Oh, yeah, but I'll be interested about this, um, the ball and the treatment of the ball with, you know, no spit and polish going on, so... Absolutely. Actually, good like point. We haven't about a few that. Because right? there, there hasn't been anything yeah, in the so news, be... in the wires. I think there'll be more spin then. Mm. If they can't keep the ball going. Yep, that's right. And Another reason why yeah. I think it'll be quite lush, the wicket will be lush to try and hold on to the ball as long as possible. Yep. Oh, Which then plays into the seamer's hand. Can someone ban Aaron from this thing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, your mate, you better take him out and deal with him. <laughs> hey, um, so basically, okay, let's, 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 who, who do you, uh, Rohit, who's going to win the first test? Who's going to win the first test? I think the home conditions, home team. Karen? I'll be the I'll be the English draw. You're going to go for a draw. You're going to be big scores and nobody's getting wickets and um, there's no ball maintenance. There's no, no turn I, because the pitch no is green. Ball no ball maintenance. 
and I I don't think they'll be able to get the pitch to play tricks. Yep. So yeah, and um, yeah, high scoring draw. I hope with high scoring draw. These on top, like you know, coming out with the breaking right. Yeah, <laughs> you have the pace and fire. Pace and fire. But uh, we like to see a bit of aggression from the fast bowlers because we like to see a bit bounces and the like with the batsman hopping around the crease. Hey, you think Archer will make the cut? You think Archer? Will make the cut? Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. I think jo Joffre Archer. Oh, that oh, was actually one of my points. Sorry. I mean, yeah. I mean, we didn't actually talk about the key players for England. We've been Joe Root. Um, so we're going to have to backtrack a little bit here. But yeah, we've got Joe Root missing from the first test. As, I, as we've talked about, um, Ben Stokes is captain. And Jofra Archer coming up against his under-19 teammates. Quite a few of them, eh? I think he yeah, quite a few. Quite yeah, a few. Yeah, it's, 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 absolutely. There was quite a few from uh, the under-19s. I think um, even even if they're not selected in the uh, match day 11, there's definitely in the squad, um, definitely under-19 players that he would have played with. I wonder if they're allowed to interact or are they in different bubbles and they're not. Oh, they, at the end of the day, it's one bubble, isn't it? I, I think, although they be, everybody's staying there, so I I'm think with the interaction, I, I'm assuming, I think they'll all be at the bubble. There'll be one bubble, one big bubble, one loving yeah. family bubble. Mm. How do you think, um, do you think, uh, there is that thing, isn't it? Archer comes up again, it could work both ways. Um, Archer and the West Indies, when they're um, bowling to each other in particular, Getting carried away and basically uh, trying to, yeah, get some verbals out there. No, uh, you, you got to socially so? distance. You got to socially distance. So you can't get too close. No, even out of the playing, even in the playing arena. You got to socially distance with those two meter rules. Come on, and then you get too far away, and the camera picks you up because there's no crowd noise to mask what you're trying to say. <laughs> Every match referee under the sun's got nothing to do, so this is the only test match. So there's a lot of eyes on it. Yeah, absolutely. No, but seriously, but seriously speaking, so you I think? think yeah, I don't think there'll be any a no aggro at all. So the match referee won't be busy. Won't be busy, oh, don't you? No, in the last series, Shannon Gabriel asked someone, "Do you like boys?" And he got fined for it. <laughs> and Root responded at the non-striker's end, I think, by saying there's nothing wrong with liking boys or something along those lines. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he got reprimanded for it or something. But yeah, it was kind of blown out of proportion. And there was a recent article where Gabriel said, look, it was blown out a bit. So I think West Indians will probably try and stoke them a little bit. No pun intended. <laughs> good effort. Good effort. <laughs> but, yeah, I I think their batsmen are very quiet. They're quite <laughs> like a educated, not educated, but a academic looking batters, the West Indian batters now. I think they're quite right. pretty quiet and play within their shell. They're who's, not quite Who's going to partner Dinley? Eh? Who's going to partner Dinley? Is Denley going to make the cut? Is it Denley? I don't well, know. Who would be the opener? Denley is not opening. Is it Denley? You know, who's that, the other guy I'm thinking of then? Um, 
Crawley? Is Crawley? What number did he have? Crap- I'm crapping out down here, but I'm... Um, oh, Rory Burns is one. Burns is one. Rory Burns, sorry. Rory Burns, that's the guy. Burns is one. Sibley is the second. Sibley will open, I think. Or Zach Crawley is batting at three. Sibley. Yeah. I, I suppose that's the so, frustrating part, trying to, with all these extended squads, is trying to see who's going to be um, selected for the for the yeah. eleven. Rory Burns, one hundred. Who takes Root's place? All righty. Yeah. Well, we'll sort of like um, I suppose yeah. we've got we'll, we'll, we'll sort of like we'll pick some winners now. We've got Rohit, Rohit's going with um, I think you said England. Taron's going with West Indies. Simon draw, in the draw. chat room. So, so, oh, you're going with the draw, sorry. You're going with the draw. Um, so, it's actually Simon sitting in the old uh, YouTube he's chat room. He's, he's gone for the draw. He's sitting on the fence there. Or he's, although he thinks England will take out the series. But we'll leave that for another day. Look, yeah. we're sort of like, I, I think so we'll... Uh, me? I don't pick. I'm just the guy that asks you the questions. You're the <laughs> sitting on the fence guy, eh? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it hurts. Oh, oh. Oh. <laughs> Are you on the point? Uh, what's the point? Something point start. <laughs> point start. Yeah, you're on the point start. <laughs> I actually, point I actually start. think, um, I, I think it'll actually be you England. Mean run start. Yeah. yeah. Run start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll get. I'll give runs. Um, I think it'll be England. Tell you the truth. I think um, they'll be used to the conditions. It'll be. It's going to be. I, I think we're seeing it with a couple other sporting codes and teams being put into adverse conditions and and. You have to travel somewhere, and then you put into adverse conditions. It's it's a different, it's a strange environment. And um, although, as Taryn alluded to, they they are first world problems. I think it is still um, something when you're talking about the pinnacle or the top level of any sport. You need everything to be going your way, don't you? And um, I, I think that will play a part. Love to see the West Indians. I I love watching the West Indies win as lot whenever they're not playing New Zealand. So. Um, it's 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 not a um, England thing or uh, anything like that. It's just that I love watching West Indies play and win. But oh, um, just love I, watching I, West Indies win full stop. Yeah. <laughs> so I think um, England will, will basically antics, just be used to the conditions. That's that's basically it. But we don't know yeah, what the yeah, conditions are going to be. Played in five months. They've not played in five months. That's right. Not that's right. Any cricket in five months. And it's, it's as much as you say, it's like riding a bike. Your first time around, it takes you a little while to get used to it, which is why I want. If West Indies get their stuff together, they might just be able to catch them on the hop, and that's what I'm hoping. Yeah, for. and that's the thing. I mean, like, I mean, I think the biggest yeah. concern out of it, you know, trying to pick a winner. You know, you, Taryn, you mentioned the injury with Jason Holder, and we don't know what his situation is and whether he'll end up playing or not. And to me, Jason Holder is quite a big key part in West Indies being successful. He keeps them together, doesn't he? Absolutely. He keeps them together, but he's also like, you know, he's a grit player and he digs in when he he tries to anyway. He tries to dig in, particularly with the bat. If they have a Calypso Calypso, then he's the man that's there trying to hold it together. Yeah, he's their BJ. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he is their glue. Hey, he is their glue. Yeah. We, we've got to, we always run over time. Um, and, and so we'll, we'll run over time today too, because there's a couple other just quick points that I think we'll just run through quickly. Um, outside of the West Indies England game, um, I, I don't know. I, I was tempted to leave this for another show because we could leave it a little bit longer. But what are our thoughts on the Northern District backcaps? 
there's about they've got something like about 15 million black caps to pick from that um even when one or two are away they'll they'll still be able to put out a so you'll have the associations going around playing the northern district black caps how do we feel about that what what, what are our thoughts on that you won't see them all on the pack you don't reckon maybe one, maybe, one, it, maybe two games yep oh maybe not, not consistently yeah. yeah but but you sort of think but it's funny although i've said that uh, in jest about the northern district's black caps i'd actually would i think it'd be awesome one if there was one or two games in the season um that uh northern districts had access to all the black caps and they did put out a black cap squad uh team how many of them are homegrown though oh and not many if any you know like <laughs> i'd, ha you I'd have big, that big seats I from here they're, they're growing a home from auckland seats from auckland wags is from otago i go yep um there's somebody from oh geez my mind's gone blank who's come up from wellington i thought there was someone from wellington that came up Has somebody moved up from wellington i, oh, I could be wrong on that i could be wrong on that no no i think nah. it's jig yeah um east sody's from auckland although he is true blue northern districts because that's where he made his mark yep um, oh mind you he was yeah we can say that but he was everybody knew he was going to make a mark yeah, but he's always northern though. He de he debuted yep. for northern. He stayed. Yeah, he did. He did. Yep. He is a northerner. Yeah, in that respect. Yeah. Bro, no, you're comfortable with seeing northern districts clean up with a bunch of black cap uh, with a whole black caps? Oh, we've, we've lost our. They had um, the same roster last year. They had a similar roster last year. They did actually. It's, it's it only, really... I mean, effectively what we've had the addition this year of basically Jeet's gone in there and Colin de Gronhog. Yeah, um, Colin's been there for three years now. Yeah. Oh, has he? Yeah. Yeah, Colin's um, has partners from down that line, down that way. And um, yeah, he's been there for a few years. Um, but sometimes it can get quite tricky having that amount of black caps because when they're available, you've got to play them. For them, it's not necessarily the be-all and end-all because they've got they're just getting ready for the big stuff. Do you think? Do you think it affects the non-black cap members or black caps members of the squad thinking, "Oh, look, I've been, um, you know, giving my guts for this team, and then the black caps turn up and um, I, I have to sit it out," sort of thing. And then as soon as they're gone, I'm back in. Do you think there's any any sort of resentment that can be caused by having that sort of scenario? Nah. Nah, not at all, not at all. Um, I think it's more if you flip it the other way and you see the opportunity to rub shoulders with so many black caps. Yep. It doesn't Pick happen. Up knowledge. The other five other MAs, they don't have that luxury for a young young cricketer. You know, they probably have one, maybe two or four max, like Auckland, you know. Um, but to have that, that, that amount of black caps, if they're all there and thereabouts and you have an open mind, you can really... Um, fast track your own game and it's yep. only ever really for one or two fixtures it gets a bit difficult when they're around for a whole campaign and you sit out but again it's one season things yeah things work out pretty quickly all right moving on announcement today peter fulton appointed as coach for canterbury you know so he's basically relinquished his role with the black caps as the batting mentor i heard it on the radio this morning i nearly laughed at that one but um as the batting coach and now he's taken up a full-time um coach with canterbury hasn't coached hasn't been the main coach uh 
in his coaching career so far. So this is his first time as being the head coach. What's our, How are we feeling about Peter Fulton? How's he going to go with Canterbury? I'll put it out there. You, you heard it here first, surely, a few weeks ago. If you were listening here, you would have heard it here that we called it, that he was going to get that gig. So basically what we're saying is you heard it here first on Swinging from the Hip. So make sure absolutely. you stay here because you hear the things first. Yeah, absolutely. We're good at picking trends. From our um, so how do we think he's going to go though so yep we picked it what is our thoughts coached, i thought he had coached new zealand 19 two years ago um that's just at a senior level i was sort of like referring to sorry but yeah i think you're right under 19s he did coach under 19s um it's a, quite a big rise or fast rise to the top and um, there's a lot of guys uh, around the track that have put in the yards and that's still kind of waiting to track their first gig so he he's obviously a stalwart of canterbury and he's who's gonna who can forget his twin hundreds he scored against england yep when he had a second coming as a test player yep uh, you know so quite yeah not surprised with the uh selection or the appointment but yeah i think i think I don't think the results will really matter. I think the powerhouse will probably be Auckland again. Auckland and CD. We you think are so? CD Wellington. Wellington's a team. Wellington, yeah, 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 yeah. They've yeah. actually accumulated some pretty good um, talent, although young talent, isn't it? If we look at it, they so last year with it. Pardon, what's that? Sorry, they had great success last year. Yep, yep, and, and, and obviously they've they've, they've they've grabbed a Finn Allen down there too now. To join the likes yeah. of um, young Jacob Buller and as well, it's come up through the under 19s. It's the Robert, yeah. what's the boy, um, Ratchin Ravindra. Yeah, that's the one, I, that's the other one I was trying to think of as well. Yeah, he's a player to watch. You've got Hamish Bennett skippering them quite nicely. You've got Devin Conway pumping runs for fun. So, I mean, they're, they're the team to beat. Yeah, Devin Auckland. And when the stags come right, and you know, they're a bit of a powerhouse as well. Mind you, you know, something you alluded to when we're talking about the Northern Districts Black Caps is the fact is that the landscape changes quite a bit once the the players do end up playing for the Black Caps. So we talk about Wellington and we're quite looking forward to seeing Devin Conway pulling on the black jersey for want of a term. Um, yeah, hopefully not too soon. Well, I think, well, he was he was on the tour before COVID came along. He'd basically been earmarked to go to Sri Lanka. Oh, was he? Mm-hmm. He'd been um, given dispensation. So he was, um, to be selected for the squad, he was about three weeks short. But um, ICC gave him dispensation because the first three weeks were just going to be like warm-up games um, and not first, uh, well, they were first-class matches, but not internationals. So, um, and then when he would have led into the first international, he would have actually officially qualified to be a black, uh, to play for the Black Caps. Okay. Yeah, oh, good on him. So there'll be, and um, I suppose we'll wrap the show up with this last one, which is a bit of a bit of an amusing story. I, I don't know if Taryn, you might not have seen it. I think our friend friend of the show, Sharubin, sent us a link of Jay Wardner talking about Murley and how he managed Murley when in his playing days, and how um, he he when Murley first started bowling to right-handers, he'd only bowl over the wicket, and he kept spinning it away from the stumps, and he couldn't get LBWs. 
because uh, it just the umpires just didn't feel like it was going to be hitting the stumps. And Jay Warden is trying to get Murley to go round the, the wickets, round the wickets. It was eight years later from, from when he first started bowling. The first time that he went around the wicket to a right-hander was eight years after his international career started. And then all of a sudden, magically, he started getting LBWs. And then he'd wish that he'd done it sooner. Did you guys see that story? I saw bits and parts of it. I heard some of it. But... um. I even yeah, I didn't I didn't catch that part. But so what what did Maharaja Wanna say? What what was the big picture? Big Basically he so this is how I mean like I watched it a few days ago, so I probably got some of the details slightly um wrong because I'm old and I forget things. But um he 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 sort of like he wouldn't he wouldn't he was just bowling over the wicket to the right handers. Yeah. Um, and he kept going, kept going. Joe Warner would say to him, he said, no, 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 I'm not doing it, not doing it, not doing it. And then, of course, he always loved to bowl, always loved to bowl. When he wasn't bowling, all he wanted to do was bowling. He was always hinting that, it, oh, it gives a bowl, gives a bowl. And so Joe Warner sort of, um, I wasn't sure when he did this. That's the part that I can't remember. But he basically says, you want to bowl? You bowl around the wicket. I'll give you the ball. And that's, and he finally <laughs> gave in because he wanted to bowl. So he went and went around the wicket and basically... I'm tempted to say instantaneously, obviously not instantaneously, but pretty much quick straight away, he started picking up wickets. And from then he said, oh, you didn't have to convince him. Mm. But it's interesting how it's sort of like almost, almost like that. Um, and, and with my, when I worked at the university of Auckland and you're talking to professors and they become like that, it's almost like talking to a child where you're trying to convince them of no, 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 you need to try this. You need to do this. And you're trying to, um, yeah, as I say, convince them that you, there's a better way to do things, but they don't want to know about it because they're just so transfixed that they know everything and they they're doing the best. Yeah, quite interesting. Eh? Yeah, did you did you ever have a so in your bowling career have a captain come and ask you to do something that you didn't want to do? Uh, oh, yeah. No, I mean. When I when I first started, I'd have all these ideas and stuff, and um, a really good captain at the time. Um, I went up to him excitedly. Yeah, he, um, I said, "Oh, this is what I want to do." He goes, "Look, how do you think you're going to get him out?" And I said, "Oh, um, quarter slip. I'm going to. Where are you going to land it? Here. And what's he going to do? He's going to come forward and defend it because it's a good ball." And then it's going to spin past and get him, um, get a catch to slip. He goes, right, you focus on doing that. I'll set the field. <laughs> you try and bowl every ball there yep. to make that happen, and I'll set yep. the field. Don't worry about the rest. Yep. So he's provided for me. Yeah, to me. So, yeah, so he kind of took away, like, external thoughts. He said, just you worry about your core. Focus business. on your core, core objective. Yeah, and I'll worry about the peripheral shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <The> peripheral <laughs> stuff. <laughs> no, and, but so you never had a? Did you ever have a run-in with a captain? Yeah, oh, no, not a run-in, but disagreements where you strongly believe in certain things. And end of the day, it is a one-on-one game where you, as a bowler, it's with you versus the batter. And invariably, yep. it's always a batter or as a captain. So a part of you yep. thinks, hang on, how would you know anything about bowling or the mental battles that I'm going through right now? <laughs> yep. And you're sitting here telling me to bowl around the wicket in this case. 
<laughs> yeah. You would know this and and the counter argument would be well, I'm a batter and I know how challenging it would be if you if, were to ball around the wicket. Yeah. But as a bowlers, we don't see it. Yeah. Whereas bowlers, lower order batters, we can ah, if he bowls down there, I'm just gonna open my head and I'm gonna swing him to the heavens. And yep. you know, yeah. So I see both sides of the point, but yeah, it's you have a disagreement, and it you should do. It's your work, and you have to question it and try and be very um, happy with what is being floated to you. Because if it goes wrong, nobody's going to put their hand up and say, "Oh, by the way, it was my call." They'll be like, "Oh, yeah, he yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a crap ball, you bolt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I asked you to go around the thumbs, but not ball half volleys. <laughs> half tracker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, look, I mean, yeah, I suppose that's a that's a good point, to, good good place to um, call quits on it for tonight. It was sort of like, thank you, Rohit, and thank you, Taryn, uh, for being on the show again. And um, obviously, we look forward to it because the next time we come on the show, we will have some live cricket to talk about with the first day hopefully being done and dusted there on the uh, with the England West Indies. Again, that's starting on the 8th of July. So that's a Wednesday. So um, we should be waking up on a Thursday morning seeing um, a little bit of action or some result from overnight. And we'll bring that to you here on Swinging from the Hip right here on New Zealand Sport Radio. Remember, we've got our other shows here on New Zealand Sport Radio with Monday night, our Super Rugby reviews. We've got our preview for the Super Rugby on Friday nights. And Sunday night is a review. Uh, we're driving mall on the Monday night, talking all things rugby. If we get some contestants, we have um, Do You Know Your Sport on Tuesday. If you want to be a contestant, drop us a line and we will get you on. We're, we're doing teams of singles and doubles, so you can get on there. Wednesday night, we have The Standoff, which is our league show, bringing you everything that's happening in the NRL as well. And um, then, obviously, the for your cricketing fix of the week, swinging from the hip right here at Thursday, Thursday at 8 p.m. During the week, make sure you tune in at 7 a.m. in the morning for the New Zealand uh, for the morning sports briefing, and that will get you started off in the best way with your sports news for the day. So thank you all for watching tonight or listening, or if you're listening on your podcast there, thank you again. Make sure that you like and share. We'd love you to share it so that your friends can see what we're doing here and they can also hear the great content that we're pr producing here right on New Zealand Sport Radio. So until next week at Thursday, 8 p.m., this has been Swinging from the Hip and we'll see you next week. Thank you. Thanks, guys. 
But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.